Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller and this week I am joined by uh, Jed Killen, Labour MP for Rutherglen and Hamilton West. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me here. Uh, thanks for coming on. You're a new MP. I used to have a new MP, Claxon, but I, I don't know what's happened to it. It'll be in my bag of jingles somewhere. Maybe I'll drop it in. And it's Julia Rampin, the digital news editor at The New Statesman. That is me indeed. Let's start, as ever, with, once I've opened up my bag of jingles... Have you heard the jingles before, Jed? I don't think so. Oh, buckle up. It's PMQs in review. It's PMQs in review. It's PMQs in review. It's PMQs in review. Vital party horn at the end there. PMQs in review. Jed, as a Labour MP... That was amazing from Jeremy Corbyn this week. He asked short questions. He did really well. And there was a wee bit of sass from Jeremy as well, I thought, right, right at the very beginning when he was asking the question. I don't know if it came across on TV, but um, it, just, it was just a bit of a look after the first question um, across the dispatch box, which was quite nice to see. He seems to be um, in confident mode this weather, so, so that's good. That was interesting because at first I thought, oh, he's forgotten to sit down. Like last, well, two weeks ago, he was accused of forgetting to answer, ask, actually ask a question. Um, but yet, you say it was actually just a look. I think it was deliberate because, from my angle, it was a definite look. So, and then he sat down, so it was like purposeful. And it made the Tory MPs laugh, which is a terrible look when you're talking it's about crisis look. in the NHS. Yeah, and they laugh a lot, and they laughed a lot of different questions this week where I thought that was really ill-advised. Um, and you don't always hear if you're listening to the radio or, or watching TV, but you can see their demeanour um, sometimes. They have lack of patience for, for questions on the NHS, questions on universal credit that was asked by Tracy Braben, for example, and it's not a good look. And apparently Claire Perry, I think, making her debut on the front bench, was shouting, shut up! Shut up! Really? I missed that. Oh, I did miss that. There's a lot happening in the chamber during PMQs. You don't always catch it all, but that's that's not a good look either. That was a good turn by JC, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, because the thing he's always criticised for is going on five different questions at once. This time it was follow-up, follow-up, and then actually the questions from other people were really following that up as well, including one from the Tory side about uh, ambulance, police service gone wrong. Yes, yeah. So the I mean, you couldn't go away from that and not think about the NHS. That is a thing in recent weeks, isn't it? Increasingly, Tories are asking about the NHS as well. That's got to be a worry for the Prime Minister. Definitely. I mean, they'll be getting people coming to their surgeries the same as, as... Well, I mean, obviously it's different, it's devolved, but English MPs will be getting people coming to their surgeries. Their local newspapers will be reporting some of these things. The same thing will be happening in Tory constituencies, and they're all worried about their own majorities now. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about was um, I think one of the first times I came on this podcast we were watching it and it was the grammar schools came up and I think we said at the time mm. this is the first time that Labour's really looked united on an issue for yeah. maybe a year mm. and this was one of these days that Labour looked and completely engaged um, and you could see some of the other parties checking their phones and yeah, laughing as you say but Labour did seem really on top of it Have you felt that, Jed? A change in the party? Um I mean, obviously, you've only been here, uh, well, a while now, actually. What, eight, nine months? Yeah. But, um, see, I have to say, when I was first elected, I was slightly not sure what I was going into because of all the coverage of of different things that happened before the election. But right from the beginning, um, there has felt like a sense of purpose and unity. The first uh, PLP meeting we had was just buzzing. And when Jeremy first came into the chamber that day, I'll not forget that, Jeremy came in and got, you know, an an evasion from from the Labour benches. And then Theresa May came in and it was like, you know, just 
mm. silence almost in the Conservative benches. Yeah, change days. Yeah. But come on, you're not a united force. Well, obviously, we have differences of opinions, uh, the same as every party, I would, I would argue, but um, Labour and it sometimes were not the best at... Um, at keeping these things in-house uh, it tends to leak out but that's just form for the Labour Party we're a democratic institution and we have these robust debates but fundamentally on issues like the NHS if there's ever going to be anything that will unite mm. Labour MPs it will be the NHS Yeah, uh, it's a, a good issue for the, the Labour isn't it? I mean it makes sense for Corbyn to come back at it week after week which he seems to do at the moment and Theresa May has the same answer yeah, which is Wales Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually thinking about that um, you know, it could have been about the what's going on with Labour NEC all that stuff yeah. we didn't hear anything about that yes that's um, true um, it was suggested that exactly that, that um, May might have some comebacks but she didn't really did she in terms of attacking Labour it was all trying to defend her record on uh, on the NHS but the Wales thing right I mean I say this we, obviously Theresa May week after week says Wales the NHS is rubbish in Wales and I say week after week surely I mean I don't know if you'll know any have any sort of inkling on this Surely the Corbyn operation is onto their Welsh counterparts every week going, fix the NHS, would you? Well, I think Jeremy had a good line on that this week. And interestingly enough, uh, Nicola Sturgeon does the same thing in um, FMQs. Uh, she comes back to Wales all the time because um, both of them are in a similar position where they are failing in their own NHS and they just have to look elsewhere to try and take the heat off. But, I mean, it's not a good answer for the Prime Minister to stand up. I understand that um, there, are, there are challenges in the Welsh NHS and I think Jeremy had good... He's obviously been in touch with um, the ministers in Wales because he had... Um, some good responses today but uh, fundamentally the Prime Minister is there to answer questions about the NHS in England and uh, people know at home when she stands up and says Wales it only only going to last for so long before people get fed up with that yeah but still just fix it I mean then it would disappear well they need money so well, you know that's part of the problem yeah, take money out of I don't know what Welsh people spend money on farming and Welsh language that's basically all that Welsh happens spoons. in Wales Welsh what? Welsh spoons what, Welsh, Welsh spoon? love spoons they're made of Wood and you can carve your name on them. Right, but does the government put any funding into Welsh Love Spoons? Okay. I don't know. If they do, they should definitely not. They should definitely take money out of the spoons and put it in the NHS instead. Um, it must just be... Oh, I don't know. I don't understand why that's not, not dealt with, but um, for now it doesn't look like it will be. Um, Ian Blackford, you know, what, a year ago, we talk about Angus Robertson rather than Corbyn. These days I sort of feel like we ought to mention Blackford just out of duty. Although RBS is a big issue and it's a big issue for all Scottish MPs isn't it? It is and we had um, two executives from RBS before the Scottish Affairs Committee last week as well so it is a live issue um, Did you monster them? We gave them a hard time definitely um, I think there are still some questions that need to be answered so Ian Blackford's question was really interesting because the Prime Minister always says that these are commercial matters and yeah. it's not up to the government but the two executives from RBS wouldn't answer the question when asked if the government was to press on them, would they um, reverse this decision? So there's more work to be done. We might have to call Ross McEwen before the committee to get an answer to that question. It's not a commercial decision because it's not a commercial operation because it's well, been exactly. bailed out by the taxpayer. And do you know of any other organisation of that size that takes decisions without consulting shareholders? Yeah, it's, um, it's a nonsense, isn't it? I think it's much more interesting the way that you've just discussed it than the way it was put forward at PMQs. There's yeah. an issue with... Black I mean, I mentioned that in the piece I wrote for your site uh, yesterday, wasn't it? Um, there is an issue with Blackford's leadership, right? Are we hearing... Uh, people in the SNP, some of them say, yeah, there's an issue here, there's, 
there's a problem he's not really making the impact and discipline is breaking down some of them still say oh no it's fine and shut up shop and go we're a, you know the SNP are very much a, a, a single-minded group um what do we think of the Blackford leadership I mean um, just watching them they were all on their phones just, yeah. uh, they didn't really look like they were engaged how long has he got um, well I, I thought I think Kirsty Blackman's great and I know you Isn't do she? too yeah she is um, so if, if I was going to start stirring a SNP leadership well, why, not? Who, why not yeah um, I, I think don't... you know I think Joanna Cherry is quite interesting as well I know that yeah. she's had some controversial moments um, yes, and of course she lost to Blackford, um, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean there's not Cherry Easters, um, Blackfordites within the SNP group, even though they would deny it. Um, Sometimes I feel a bit sorry for him actually because the, when, when he stands up to speak, the Tories all sigh all the yeah. time. So you, you, you know you can hardly even hear his question. And there is a marked difference between him and Angus Robertson, but Angus Robertson was very good, especially at PMQs. Yeah. So uh, it would be hard to live up to that for anyone. But I don't think um, Ian is doing a, a good job. And he is a nice man. That's the thing, that's, that's the terrible thing about it. Really, is that you're sort of rooting for him because he's a, he's a nice enough guy, um, but it's not really working. Um, Let's just talk about some of the other questions at PMQs, because it'd be nice to to you, Julia. What is it? Is it shit question by the Tories week or something? There was a oh, succession of utter stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> I love the one about Cumbria and you know mentioning the nuclear power and then our food is great as well, this which is, is you know are Trudy you... Harrison, right? Who famously made her maiden speech just before the election because she hadn't actually done anything. And so she felt like she had to actually say something before the election came around because she was elected at the, the Jamie Reid by-election earlier that year. Um, she does very little in terms of speaking in the chamber. Gets Which a makes PMQ me annoyed says, because um, my grandparents both lived in Cumbria in the last few decades of yeah. their life. And that is that is an area where you definitely could do with government intervention. Yeah. Because uh, apart from anything else, half of the trains that are supposed to run just do not turn yeah. up. Um, and to not have anyone who's putting the time in every week, it's a real shame for them. Um, it wasn't even a very good question. I mean, she could have made some sort of funny joke about, I don't know what Cumbria makes. Sausages, obviously. Uh, Cumberland sausages, right? Nuclear power. Nuclear-powered sausages. <laughs> I don't know, it was a taste of Cumbria event she was plugging. It was like, you could have made some sort of witty joke or something instead of just going... Ooh, Cumbria's got nice food. Speaking of by-elections, though, I think Tracy Brabant's been doing a really good job. Yes, yeah, she has. She um, had a good question today as well, and the, the response from across the chamber wasn't very pleasant. But I did notice how the Prime Minister was asked to meet quite a number of people during today's PMQs, and she said no, well, didn't say no, but didn't agree to meet any of them, apart from maybe Heidi Allen. I think she agreed to meet Heidi Allen. Yeah. But why wouldn't she meet Tessa Jowell, for example? Oh, you know what I mean? That was... Uh, uh, so don't talk about that. That's like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But, Tessa I mean, Jowell's like the just, nicest person there is. such an easy meet. She could have just yeah. agreed to meet with her and that would have been a nice thing for her to say she agreed to. Yeah, I think that's true. That was noticeable that she didn't go for that one um, because, you know, Tessa's brilliant yeah. um, in so many ways. Uh, yeah, we had uh, the Tories on about Bexley RFC. We had Julie Elliott talking a really, asking a really good question about cervical smears and the really bizarre situation of the Prime Minister talking about her own fanny. So I think which, oh. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say oh. I, but my initial good. reaction was that that was I was a bit surprised, but actually I think that was a really brave thing to do. Yes, it was a really good answer. It was yeah, really uh, impressive from her. She, you know, unlike when she perhaps was defending the NHS, she stumbles and stuff. She was bang on it with that one, and she, you know, it's important, and she gets that sort of stuff. But it was followed up by a man asking about Bexley Rugby Football Club and saying, isn't sport good? Yeah. What? That's your best shot at PMQs? And then the lady that said, Maggie Throop, which is a great name, 
but not a great MP because she said, oh, the economy's good, isn't it? And it would be terrible if it wasn't. There's nothing worse than really? those softball questions from, from oh, your own side. That's appalling. Um, Who were the worst offenders in the last Labour government? Well, the last Labour government was a long time ago, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking, because there must be, to be fair to the Tories, there must have been a similar group of people. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a Long-forgotten people. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, just... Yeah, it's probably a relief for the Prime Minister that she can have a breather and there's a question she probably knows is coming up. Oh, yeah, and I mean, those people will get, uh, eventually might get their reward, right? I mean, I would keep yeah. saying that, but surely Stephen Kerr is desperate for a job. Well, I thought, I thought he, was, he was going to get something the last time round because it was he was being tipped for it. But yeah, well, I thought he kept asking really soft questions, and I was like, yeah. he's got to get rewarded for this guff. But he it? gave a, a, a quite a critical speech on Cause Eleven, so maybe that's rolled no, back. Oh, he's gone gone off the reservation there. There's a, there's a thing. Uh, oh, and Ian Blackford said Happy Burns Day. That's yeah. not a thing, is it? I don't think Nobody it is a thing. Nobody says Happy no. Burns Day. <laughs> um, have you got lots of burn suppers to go to? I've been to one already, so our local party had one, and. I'm going to a Burns-esque thing tonight, which is not Ooh. quite a Burns supper. And then there's the, the, the Scottish sort of PLP one next week. So Is that the best thing or worst thing about being an MP? You have to go to a lot of Burns suppers, don't Well, you? I've always had to go to a lot of Burns suppers, so um, yeah. it's fine um, for the first couple been, and by the last or the you know the, the last one you're when sort you of... When you say always? Well, I've always been invited to a few. So the local party always does one and you know there's, there's used to be a big one in Glasgow that I used to always go along to. So I'm kind of used to it now. Do you like haggis? Luckily, yes, I do. How much haggis do you like? I mean, I like haggis like once a year. I mean, literally, well, once a year is enough, I'd Most burn suppers I've been to these days tend to put the starter as the haggis, neeps and tatties. So your main course is what? something a bit more substantial, like steak pie or something. So that I can deal with that. I don't think I would like haggis as a main course. Does this happen at Labour burn suppers because you hate Scotland? <laughs> but I've not been to Labour, this oh. Labour one supper yet, so I don't know what happens. Well, you can't not have haggis as yeah. a course. No, honestly, well, that's I, the whole point I of was the poems the, about the haggis. In the Guinness Book of Records, it's the largest burn supper in the world officially, which is in the, the Thistle Hotel. Well, it was called the Thistle Hotel, I'm not sure what it's called now, in Glasgow, hosted by the then Lord Provost, and it was a haggis starter. Um, but it's haggis, neeps and tatties, it's the official thing. Uh, I, I think you've got to have that as a main quote. That seems, <laughs> seems a bit, bit uh, iffy. How was, it the biggest, it's there. how was it the biggest burnt supper? Was it like the biggest haggis or just the no, most people? No, just in terms of people. So they, they had someone from Guinness there who had to literally count the plates. And uh, I mean, it's not that big, um, but there must have just been, never been recorded anywhere else. No? Okay. Do you like haggis, Julia? I like veggie haggis. Oh, that's cheating. And it's hard to get hold of in London it as is. well. It is. I know they used to be great. They used to have it in Sainsbury's, and you'd like stock up for the year. But um, I would offer to bring some down, but I don't know if it would survive the journey. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have done that in previous years, but you can get it in Waitrose so as long as I go to Waitrose. Ooh, which you, it's actually harder to find one in the areas where I've been living uh, in London. Okay. But don't bring haggis. Isn't, isn't it the case that haggis has got like exactly the same consistency as plastic explosives or something? If you tried to bring it to the House of Commons, you'd probably get in trouble. Oh, maybe I'm not sure. The SNP <laughs> have been bringing um, Lewis black pudding. Storing away black pudding into the House of Commons. Why? To do what with it? They hand it out in party bags. Why? <laughs> when does this? Why? What? They, what? I got some from them. What? Uh, just it was they event. hand it under the table. Is it like you have to do a special handshake and they'll give you a special bag of Lewis black pudding? Well, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Who knew? Um, we will ask next Storing time. Storing away black pudding all the way for me. <laughs> no, black pudding. That's like it's like blood or something. You're in the wrong party. Of? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it just like blood pudding? Yeah, it's really tasty though. Have you tried it? Yeah, I can't get over the fact that it's just a bag of blood. It's nice with um, poached egg and asparagus. Oh, man, 
I don't know. Is, is that like is That's that very liberal elite? I think the asparagus no, think kind of spoiled it there. I don't know. I think the, the dried blood isn't very liberal. No, exactly, but then the asparagus is. I don't know where you... <laughs> you need some avocado in there, I suppose, then you'd be very liberal elite. Um, should we briefly talk about the uh, cunning stunts of the SNP? Because I wrote it for the New Statesman. Um, is this something you've noticed, Jed? It is. SNP. Actually, I read your piece and you took the words out of my mouth because I had been talking about it... Um, with some of my colleagues last week, it felt like they had come back from the Christmas New Year period uh, with a renewed sense of purpose to try and cause trouble and, and get noticed for doing yeah. things. So um, I, I don't really like these sorts of stunts. I think they're a wee bit um, cringeworthy, um, but I expect to see more of them. Yeah, we've had a rap and a red card. And the rap. I mean, Hannah, I really like Hannah Burdell, but the rap was painful to watch. <laughs> yeah, one of our colleagues said to me earlier that it was terrible. <laughs> which is again unusual for the SNP. I, mean, I don't know what was worse, the rap or in the background David Linden beatboxing along beatboxing. to the rap. I'm yeah. not sure what was most painful to watch, but that was a bit well, maybe this is how we'll work out the SNP leadership is eliminate everyone who's done a rap or a beatbox. I think she'd done it once before and it worked kind of because it was based she on like train spotting thing. thing. Yeah. but you can't. I mean, don't flog a dead horse. Exactly. I mean, don't keep doing it. Don't return to the scene. Yeah. Never, never. Do what that. stunt would you like to see? Which SNP MP and what would you like to see them do? Uh, be positive here let's see uh, maybe I don't know John McNally stripping off to reveal a Tarzan outfit and swinging across the chamber that's mainly what I've, I've never thought of that before it's not that like I came out of that really quickly because that's an idea I've had ever before alright <laughs> um, he seems well he did he did a stunt didn't he? he did the red card he just seems the least likely the least stunty of them yeah um, yeah well, we've had flag gate over the last couple of days so maybe we'll have someone climbing up to take the, the union flag off the top of Westminster you never know is flag gate a thing this is the claim a thing, that to be honest. Nicola Sturgeon has ordered the union flag off government buildings in Scotland uh, and to fly the saltire all year round and the union flag will only fly on remembrance day from now on is the claim Nicholas Durgeon and everybody says it's rubbish. Yeah, well, looking at the detail, it seems that this change happened a number of years ago and this is basically the guidance being updated, which, which will have an effect because now, you know, other organisations that follow that guidance will now have a decision to make. But I just think there is nothing more boring or tedious than talking about flags. I really would rather be talking about anything else and I can't believe that mm. we're at a place where that is what we're talking about. Does it worry you, Julia, that we're talking about flags in Scotland? Because clearly, flags, hashtag flags, is a thing in Northern Ireland yeah. uh, where you know there's all sorts of issues around flags. Well, I was going to say, um, I've always been happy with people's ambivalence about flags in Scotland. Mm. And I do remember that story from a few years ago where there was a complete ruckus in Northern Ireland about yeah. a similar thing. And I'm quite glad that both sides are like, we actually don't care that much about a flag. It was something that did come up sometimes during the referendum. My husband is from Northern Ireland, so his mum was visiting um, Scotland during the referendum, and I, maybe not wisely, took her to see Alex Salmond because I thought it might be quite interesting. He was coming to my area to speak, and I was yeah. a councillor at the time. And when she turned up, it was just a bunch of people standing on one side holding Union flags and on the other side holding salt tires. <laughs> and she actually said to me, I thought I'd left Northern Ireland. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, please. I didn't realise it was going to be like that. I wouldn't have taken her. But, um, yeah, flags, not good. The other thing I'd say, having lived out of Scotland for a few years and I've done a few degrees, is that I always thought of the saltire as actually, you, you know, you could be pro or anti-independence and wave a saltire. And I've noticed yeah. that has changed over the last few years. But I think there's... 
uh, argument to try and reclaim it for everyone because otherwise you get this Union Jacks problem where you have people, yeah. you know, believing it signals something. I mean, this is the thing. People at the time of the referendum, uh, notably uh, SNP Bet Noir David Torrance, as he is now, uh, sort of hinted, oh, we could end up going down the, the Ulster route here. And people went, oh, no, it's not as bad as that. And now here we are talking about flags a few years later. Now, is it just the Telegraph, which is increasingly... Uh, seems to be just come up with crazy stuff um, you know writing nonsense for clicks or is it a sign that post-referendum Scotland remains divided and in a bad way it smacks a little bit of the political bubble because I, I doubt very much people are really giving it serious attention um, you know when they're in the pub this weekend but in saying that we are talking about it and I think we should try our best to try and sort of nonsense that rubbish it a wee bit because mm. I thought Nicola Sturgeon's reaction was completely over the top she, it was a bit Trumpian she started attacking the press which maybe she was justified in that it wasn't really a story and they had got the wrong idea but um, she gave like a seven tweet thread and at the end of it said now I'm going to leave it there and go on with talking about the NHS and education and then five minutes later had quote tweeted Ruth Davidson on the same thing so she didn't really <laughs> leave it there um, whereas a simple line to say this is nonsense the guidance changed you know seven years eight years ago and this is just updating it that would have done you know yeah it's interesting she responded to that I mean the response I thought you think it was over the top I think it was at least clear until she says oh, I'm off to deal with health and education in the week when there was a story that children at one school are being forced to race to their biology class yeah. because there's only 40 seats and two of them don't get to sit in the class, you know? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. get off Twitter and deal with health and education. You Absolutely. Know? She's on Twitter a lot recently um, about books and all different sort of things. It's about books. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to slag her off too much because she's in next week's New Statesman. Is she? Well, just a, we're doing uh, portraits, pictures of people who are oh. as part of the suffragette. 100 years oh okay so um yeah we should have some nice pictures to do a little plug for all the um pictures of prominent female politicians at the that's moment. the one coming out next week um, not not well, wednesday not tomorrow uh, tomorrow yeah tomorrow's one i think okay i think so this week don't, don't hold me to it i'm a webbed guy I, well, okay i don't know um <laughs> yeah soon soon yeah okay uh well that's something to look forward to um let's finish with i love your questions uh, again, as I reach into the bag of jingles and play this. I love your questions. I love your questions. I love your questions. That jingle, of course, was La La Land inspired from about a year ago. Uh, I don't know, what, what's, is there any good Oscar nominations that I can make a new jingle based on? I haven't seen any Oscar I haven't films. seen, I don't know what's nominated, I haven't um, paying attention. I do think it's outrageous that Captain Underpants wasn't mentioned. And I genuinely do. Why can't kids' films win the best film? No, Oscar? I think you're right. Some of the, my favourite films are animated films and they, I mean, they deserve to win Best Oscars. film of the last ten years has been The Lego Movie by a mile. Mm. Um, well, it has. Have you seen The Lego Movie? I have movie? seen The Lego Movie. It's great. It's no Wally, is it? I mean, that was Wally was well, was absolutely. I take your point. Wally yeah. certainly should have been nominated for best film. It's a great movie. Anyway, uh, I'll have to watch all the films and figure out what's. I can't even remember what's been nominated. Anything, I, don't have no anything, idea. I don't feel like it's as exciting as last year when no. there were obvious contenders. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be all be really good, but they all seem a bit worthy. Um, none of them have got any songs I can base jingles on and that is the main thing that you should think about when nominating <laughs> films for Oscars. Um, the question set by Ian Murray two weeks ago was. If you could be another MP, which one would you be? That's a good question. 
Well, I was once told by a colleague that I bared an uncanny resemblance to Ed Miliband, which was a bit awkward because he was sitting beside mm-hmm. me in the chamber at the time. Um, so I, I, would, I wouldn't mind picking Ed or somebody like Harriet Harman um, because they've both been senior in the party and they're now you know, very well regarded across the House, across the party. They make excellent uh, speeches and they are you know really good on certain issues and Ed's got another fantastic podcast and he he's out cutting people's grass in his constituency so he yeah. seems to be having a really good time just now and I, I, would, I wouldn't mind being Ed Miliband Is it not a bit frustrating that he didn't do all that when he was leader? I find that quite often actually some of the best speeches I've seen Gordon Brown give have been since yeah. he was Prime Minister I think yeah. that happens all the time um, If you could be an MP who would you be Ooh, Julia? I didn't realise this was I just thought let's ask you as well I think Hattie Harmon's a good show I was thinking of someone who gets to travel a lot. Maybe I'd be Boris Johnson because then I could just be away all the time. But then you'd be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that, do you? It might be quite fun. Well, that's true. No. Yeah, it would be fun. I mean, yeah, he has got away with a lot. Maybe I would quite enjoy just the freedom. Yeah, of knowing that anything that I did, I would get away with. That I suppose yeah, that depends on whether you know you're in the body of Boris Johnson or whether you actually are. But because presumably he doesn't realise. Oh uh, yeah, he's a I'd, terrible wa- I'd want his mentality. But then you'd be a terrible person for yeah, your whole life. Yeah, but I wouldn't know about it because I'd yeah. just be having... Uh, I mean, I would be doing exactly what I wanted to do. Okay. And I would be oblivious to the fact I was a horrible person. It's good reasoning. And, and I would be going all over the world, especially because the horrible things I was doing was making people encourage me to miss parliamentary business and go to random countries. Around. Yeah, all right, it's good reasoning. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that. Um, have you got a question for, I think... Currently penciled in is Stuart MacDonald of the SNP for the BBS in two weeks' time. Uh, have you got a question for him? Yeah, so what does he think the big breaking news political moment will be of 2018? Oh, good question, because <laughs> for the last couple of years they've got anything to go by, it's anybody's guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, we'll ask him that. Um, right, we'll finish there and say thank you to Julia, thank you to Jed. Thank you. Um, come back in two weeks for a political yetis politics podcast come back next week for a brexit breakdown podcast uh featuring the cbi and a a fact about the cbi you never knew um in the meantime if you want to get in touch i am at political yeti on twitter political yeti at gmail.com on the email or the website is james-miller.com uh thanks for listening and goodbye